The Woodbiz Podcast is happily sponsored by the wonderful people over at Timbercon, Australia's favourite woodworking store that has everything to get you woodworking today. Check it out at www.timbercon.com.au. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Woodbiz Podcast. My name is Jared from The Grain Designs, and here with me, as always, is Dean from Living Timberco. How are you, mate? Good, mate. How you doing? <laughs> oh, pretty good, pretty good. We're uh, recording of a morning. How's how does that sit with you, Dino? Not, 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 not great. <laughs> I'm not the best morning person, but that's all right. <laughs> oh, we'll see how you go today. Yeah. Um. So it's a decent lineup uh, for everyone this episode. We'll be going over a couple of things. So as always, what's going on in the shop? Our main topic of the day, which is going to be pricing your work. There'll be some good stuff in that space. Uh, who slash what we're listening to at the moment and some of your questions. So that'll be the episode. But before we kick off with all that stuff, Dino, we've got some exciting news. I know that you've been speaking with Mark from Dana Mate about jumping on as a guest of the show uh, and that will be happening next week. So that's nice. exciting. Exciting times. <laughs> yes, yes, that would be good. Uh, I guess it would be something a bit different uh, for us two to be on at the same time, so that would be good. Yeah. Um, and then we're also very close to having our Patreon set up. So um, we've been kind of mulling over that behind the scenes for a little while. Uh, so that will be ready for you guys too as well if anyone's interested in that space. Um, there should be a lot of value there uh, for whoever is interested. So um, be on the lookout for that one. Um, very exciting. So, all right, let's kick off. What's going on in the shop? Dino, what's happening? Oh, man. Um, this week, I've kind of had a bit of a relax-ish week. Um, just working on a few vanities to get them out, and um, they're getting sprayed today. I was setting them up just before we jumped on the pod, so that was um, that was good. Um, what else have I got in there? Um, Oh, I've got on my workbench at the moment a, one of our Nepean range TV units. So Ooh. I love building them. That's a, that's one of the ranges that I had in my head um, for years that I decided to finally build. So yeah, every time someone orders one of them, it's exciting. And that same custom has got a custom dining table that I've got to do with this funky leg design that I've got to build out of timber. So um, I'll finalize that leg design next week. But yeah, for this week, it is just the... Um, three vanities and the TV unit for me. Ooh, okay. Yeah, no more Melbourne job. It's all gone, so... <laughs> I literally had that down as a little question I was going to ask you. I was yeah. just going to say, please tell us you got done with the Melbourne airport job. Oh, man, it's gone. It's finally gone. It bloody was doing me head in, but it's gone. They 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 got a few extra pieces of timber for some trim and stuff this week, but that was just off-the-shelf type stuff, so, yeah, but, yeah... See the back end of that, it's bloody brilliant. I needed it needed it gone just to clear my own headspace as well as the workshop. <laughs> oh, that's good, man. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. What do you got going on? What are you doing? Uh so it's been another good couple of weeks um with orders. Uh so we've had some more come in and um we've sold some pieces in that time, so that's been good. Um so I've actually had a bit, fair bit of shop time, which is unusual for me. So there's been a good bit of making time for me. But to be honest, most of it's just been sanding. Yeah, <laughs> so it's literally been heavy, heavy sanding up here because I don't have a wide belt sander or even just a small, um, smaller sized belt sander. But 
Mm. Um, so yeah, it's all hand sanding for me. So these things take a bit of time. So I reckon that's about 70% of what I've been doing um, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, but for a good couple of jobs. So so that's been good. But nice. I was, uh, And it's also good if you just want to, like for me, like I know people like can't stand sanding, but for me, like I don't actually mind it. Like I'll just chuck like... <laughs> You chuck in a podcast or whatever music or whatever you're feeling at the time, and I just zone right out. Um, yeah. Excellent. It's therapeutic almost for me. So Man, it used to be like that for me, and then I just got over it. Since my <laughs> wide belt sander bloody broke, and I'm having to do it by hand mainly, it's still made in. I've been I've been bringing a few mates in lately to do a lot of sanding for me. So uh, oh, precious, Dino, precious. <laughs> I was like, fuck that, I ain't doing that. <laughs> it's been good though. A mate of mine at the moment's been looking for work, so I gave him a few days a week, and I told him I go, it's just going to be sanding. And he was like, yeah, I'm happy to do that. And he was saying the same thing as what you just said. He yeah. just puts his music on and he goes, he goes, it's therapeutic to just go through and sand. And I was like, well, thank mm. fuck, because I can't stand it. <laughs> well, man, when I came in to use your wood whiz when I completely stuffed up that last slab job, um, <laughs> I, that's what I did. I just tuned into, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but I just tuned into that and the way I went was marvellous. Loved it. Yeah, man. I was actually just but, staring at what you were doing the whole time. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, that's it. And I'm yeah, pretty sure man. you were hand sanding, actually. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you were hand sanding something for that Melbourne airport job just to I was, bring up I a think bit I of trauma. Was, yeah, I was, getting, I was getting the last of those doors out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but the wood whiz is good, man. Like, I, the wood whiz is one thing. If I could be on that all day, every day, I would. I love, mm. I love the wood whiz, man. Yes. The same thing. Half the time, I put a movie on, man, and I'll just watch a movie oh. with my headphones, and I'm just going back and forth with the wood, fizz, wood whiz just watching um, movies on my phone. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, so when you were sanding though, and I've made a comment on it a couple of times when I've come in, yeah. And something that I wanted to bring up on the podcast was, um, I noticed that your hand sander that you used is controlled by air. It's not yes. uh, the, the the festal sander that I would have assumed you would have had. <laughs> Can you tell us a yeah. bit more about about that? So I use um, I use a Dynabraid um, pneumatic sander. Um, it's just like a paddle, same as like how the Merca sanders are set up with their paddle set up. Um, but yeah, it's all run off air. So I've got my screw air compressor. Um, so no, um, the way that screw air compressors work is there's no moisture that goes through the lines. So it can't mess up with your tools and, um, destroy the internals and all that kind of stuff by getting too much moisture in there. So, Mm. um, yeah, I use that, um, air setup, which is awesome for, if you've got like a vac set up, which I've got like the Festool vac connected to it, the air not only drives the um, the orbital, but it's also pushing out air through the um, back filter so that then that way it's it's almost sucking the air out of the pad and then throwing it into the vac as well as the vac sucking it out. So it's, mm. a, it's a bloody brilliant setup, man. Um, heaps, heaps better than a corded setup. Like literally no dust man as i'm going there's like nothing um which then makes the pads last a hell of a lot longer so if i run the same setup without the vac on it i don't Mm. get as much life out of the pads they tend to blunten a lot quicker um and i use the 3m extract pads which are the same ones that we sell so yeah um they're they're a bloody brilliant um sanding disc man yeah. Interesting. So, have you like have you used the like I think the the generic one that most people use from Festival is the ETS 
uh, sander that they've got there. And then they obviously pair it with the, the Festool dust extraction unit and, you know, everyone kind of raves about it. So you're saying mm. that this, this air system that you're running, you think it trumps that? Yeah, so I had the the standard Festool sander as well as the Rotex, um, and I actually got rid of both of them. Wow. <laughs> when I started running this, um, I think I still might have the standard one somewhere, but it's a real old model from like seven years ago. The mm. Rotex I ended up selling. The Rotex is great, but like my belt sander does the same thing as what the Rotex does. The Rotex mm. is mainly what I feel is to just take away a lot of material really quickly. Yeah. Um, which a belty does the same sort of thing. So I ended up mm. selling my, my Rotex, I don't know, maybe two years ago or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, but the um, yeah the pneumatic sander, man, shit's all over them, obviously. Yeah. And your, like, your belt sander that you've got, what's what's that? That's just Makita. Just Makita? Okay, same <laughs> yeah. as me. Yeah, it's the okay. like, it's the, um, I could be wrong. I want to say it's the Japanese Makita stuff. Because it's not the the like that bluishy green color. It's the gray and black um, Makita oh, right. stuff. Yeah, 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 okay. Which I think I think's the specific to the Japanese stuff, but I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah, it could be somewhere else. But um, yeah, that man, that thing's great. I've had that for like seven years, and it's still going going pretty good. So mm. yeah, stoked yes. with that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm finding I pump out the old uh, belt sander quite a lot now. <laughs> yeah, man. I'll even yeah. just go up to 120 grit using that and then yeah. I'll re-120 grit with an orbital and um, and then finish off later. But yeah, okay, mm. interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mainly use it for, like I just chuck a 40 grit on there and just tear shit up. That's, I, like, that's exactly yeah. how I start as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it yeah. to that point, just quickly get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as long as you're going, like as long as you finish it off, going with the grain not against the grain oh, sweet yeah, man. you can't go against the grain <laughs> yeah yeah awesome. well, i go yeah, against yeah. the grain to sort of start and just tear it all up to and then it it eats it through really quickly and right. then I'll, I'll go with the grain um and finish it off with the grain and then that way i can get get through it a lot quicker yeah um but i i miss my big wide belt sander when that was up and running so i need to get this new one in man i just I need to sell the old one first before I bring the new one in because I do not want two massive wide belt sanders in my workshop mm. when I don't have space already. So You listed that one for sale, didn't you? Yeah. Or did I, you just oh, you chucked it on your stories or something? I've, I put it on my stories and I've told a few people sort of going through word of mouth. I, I need to just pull my finger out and, and list it. But, mm. um, like, man, it's it's frustrating. It's such a good sander and I have, I've had so many people come in and look at it. Um, and I, it still runs. There's nothing wrong with it except for you've just got to figure out the bed height. Um, I don't have the time and money to put into it. Well, I don't want to put the time and money into it. But it's just the counter is like 30 mil out. So mm. if you've got your bed height at like 20 mil, the counter says it's at like 55 or whatever. Right, um, okay. And a lot of people come in and gawk at it and go, oh, I don't know how to fix that. And I'm like, mate, I can give you the guy that fixes it. It'll probably cost 1500 bucks. Mm. I'm only asking like four grand for the sander. Um, you, like that sander is still like 12 grand, man. So, wow. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully someone day. picks it up for you, get the new yeah. one in, so then you can uh, stop whinging about how you have to use handheld like me. <laughs> That's it, man. <laughs> Well, I'm at the point where I'm almost going to just drag the bastard out the front and leave it in the calf spot and wait oh. till someone picks it up, <laughs> just so I can get the new one in. Oh, but anyway. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, 
it's about that time that we get to today's main topic and wait for it. Oof. Whoosh. <laughs> Thought we'd try a uh, little a transition nice there. <laughs> but it's going to be pricing your work. So um, we'll have a bit of a chin wag about that. I've got some stuff to talk about. But Dino, if you just wanted to tell us what your general process is when you're pricing a job. All right. Um, man, it's easier nowadays, I suppose. I, I don't know. I can see a job now and know what it's going to be worth to me. So I can quote it up relatively quick just a quick rough pricing but um the way that i i price my stuff up in general um i've got like a day rate that i go off of for myself as well as um an overheads day cost so i've worked out my overheads to the cent um um for what it costs me per month and then i've just narrowed that down to a daily cost um and that all gets included into my quote so that I know that I'm completely covered everywhere. So then my labor is covered, my overheads are covered, I work out what my materials cost, I add my 20 to 30% on top of those materials. Um, and then usually um, that sort of then equates to what the end figure will be. Um, as long as you know what you're worth, then... Um, you'll be able to work out a day rate that you'll sort of charge out for yourself. So um, my day rate is based off what I think I'm worth. I don't do like, um, like I don't really do, what's it called, like an hourly rate for myself or anything like that. I just go, look, this is what I feel like I'm worth for the day. So I'll add that into the quote, depending on how many days I'm going to be working on that one specific project. And then that, that goes into everything. Um yeah, so I suppose okay. that's kind of a very rough breakdown of what I do. Um, it's a little bit more in-depth to that when you're looking at materials and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, I used to do like, oh, I've spent this many hours on this thing, so I'm going to be charging out 90 bucks an hour or 120 an hour um, for the amount of hours that I've done plus material and whatnot. But it always works out to be a hell of a lot cheaper in comparison to what I feel I'm actually worth for my skill set. So I just went, well, this is what I feel like I want to be pulling in per day for myself. So um, based off my skill set, and that's that's what it is. Yeah. So you, do you have to work out like in your head how long you obviously think this project's going to take? Like, is that yeah. one of the main components? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look at a I'll look at a bathroom vanity and I go, okay, I know that I'll probably put about maybe between eight and 12 hours into a standard bathroom vanity from start to finish. Um, maybe less, depending on how, if it's a smaller vanity, maybe six hours into it. So then I just go, right, well, there's eight hours in a day, so I'll just chuck my day rate straight into that vanity. Um, and that sort of is the way that I sort of go into it. Or <clears throat> if it's a piece that's like super custom where I'm like, shit, I don't know how long this is going to take me. Um, I'll sort of just go out based off of right, I'll probably be spending, say, a week on this thing. So let's just go off what I would be um, pulling in for the week and then add that into my cost. Um, and then that way I'm completely covered. If it goes over the week, then so be it. But I'm usually always pretty covered um, mm. based off of that anyways because at the end of the day, it's it's really just labor. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. All right. Um, well, I was just going to go, so similar to what you do, I was just going to actually pick apart a couple of things that people really need to, you know, think about. I, I'm sure a lot of people do think about that, uh, think about these things. But what I wanted to bring up was determining your true cost. So as you mentioned, as what you do, you really need to know exactly how much things cost in your business so and everything you need to figure out everything so then you can come up with what you say like a day rate or 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 whatever and then also Mm -hmm. i wanted to touch on some effective pricing strategies for people to think about if they're not thinking about it in this way um so firstly they're determining your true costs so obviously it's critical um you need to get to know this part so you're not sabotaging yourself down the line or you you need to be profiting um So it's more than just materials and time spent on making your pieces, obviously. Um, there's mm. a lot more to it. So I've, I've listed a couple of things here that I'm going to try and scare people with if they're not thinking about it already. <laughs> and this is literally just 10 things that I've listed. There is many more. Oh, um, yeah. There's many more. But anyway, so we'll go we'll rattle off a couple here. Um, yep. So you rent your mortgage, obviously. So if... If you have a home workshop, then your mortgage. If you're renting somewhere, take it off that. If you're renting an industrial space, you got to take it from that. Um, you've got all your utilities, so your electricity bill, your water bill, your gas bills. That's all got to come into play. <clears throat> your insurance premiums, um, tool and machinery maintenance. That's a big one. Uh, budgeting for tool upgrades. You might want to slot that in your in your quotes because you've got to think, how am I growing this business? You always got to be thinking that. Um, budgeting for tool upgrades. Obviously, yeah. We, sorry, we just mentioned that. Transportation expenses. Um, so whether or not that's your delivery or things like that, but there's there's certain things that that come into that field. Um, business licenses and permits. So have you got a business name? Do you have to register that every year? Um, what does that cost you? Uh, your marketing and advertising, that's going to be different for everyone. Um, depends how much you put into that space or not, but that's something you need to start factoring in. If you want more work, then put more of the budget into that. Um, professional services, so do you see an accountant at the end of the year? Have you got a solicitor that does up your terms and conditions or your warranty stuff? Um, consultants, do you go and see the wood uh, consultant, someone that I I might know, and uh, <laughs> you can claim it at the end of the tax time? Um <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> uh, your safety gear, anything that's to do with safety in your shop, uh, packaging materials, uh, and then I think I already mentioned the shipping slash freight costs, and then your general taxes as well. So that's just a couple of things that I just rattled off, I thought about before the show, and there's heaps more than that. So you need to be kind of thinking about exactly what those rates are costing your specific business. And then as Dean does, do something similar where if it's for the week or if it's some sort of day rate, try and condense it down so you know that you're covering those costs and then you apply that to your quote. So until you're doing that, you're not really going to know whether or not your business is successful or moving in the right path um, towards profit. So um, So an easy way that I I sort of do that is um, so we do budgets every quarter. So um, every three months we sit down um, when we're doing our bass, we also do our budget for that quarter and we look at what we've spent and then that's another way. So that's how we narrow down our day rates as well. So I'll go through for that quarter and go, right, this is what we've spent on everything, like excluding the materials, obviously, but insurances um, or overheads, utilities, like you were just saying, 
um, and I break all that down into a one single day rate. So our prices change very slightly every quarter because of that. So we we usually do like a between one and three percent price increase on a lot of our products, mainly just because you don't realise how much everything sort of inflated over time very minimally. So um, unless you're doing budgets every quarter, then you're not going to really notice that. Um, we used to do budgets um, prior to every quarter, back when I was doing it on my own in the um, old work workshop, I'd do it once a year. And I just found by the end of the year, I'm going, holy shit, I've, sp I've spent more money than what we've earned. What's going on? Mm -hmm. And it's because over that year, you haven't noticed, but there's been very minimal price increases everywhere. So um, that's one way to be able to determine what your pricing will be is do do your quarterly budgets and then you'll know what your overheads are. You're going through your books to be able to say, right, well, I've taken out this much money and this is how much we've spent on blah, blah, blah. And then you'll be able to determine um, um, what your day rate will be based off that. And that's that's the easiest way that I find to do it. Once you have a day rate, then you can work that into your quotes. Mm. Then you're not losing out. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, just based on a based on a gen generic quote. So what I was going to do as well for those that are interested or want to know a little bit more about how that's done. Um, we're actually going to be filming one of the first Patreon episodes after this, and I was just going to run through an example quote that I've done and list every single thing um, that I think about during that quote. So if you're interested, tune into that later, guys, um, when we release it. But um, in terms of this one, so we've got uh, what I listed as well, so effective pricing strategies. So some people think about this or some people, uh, I don't know if they've thought about this at all, but there's three main ones that I find that can work um, and they are your cost plus pricing. Um, your value-based pricing and your market-driven pricing. So I'll explain a little bit about what each one of those means. So your cost plus pricing. Um, so that's basically essentially where you determine the price of your project by adding a markup or profit margin to the total cost of making it. So <clears throat> it's like starting with the cost of materials, labor, and other expenses, and then adding in an extra amount um, that represents your desired profit essentially. So that's a pretty common way of doing it. And I I kind of lean towards doing this way, blended with value-based pricing for me. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a that's a good one to think about. So you, your value-based pricing, um, so that more so focuses on the perceived value of your product or service to customers. So this can be a lucrative way of doing it if you've got your marketing and advertising set up bang on. Um, you're taking those amazing pictures. Your brand is just something that people want to be a part of. This value-based pricing is something that you could, you, you would probably lean into more so. So um, if you're not really efficient with your brand's not on point and yeah, your marketing's not that great, I would steer away from this type of value-based pricing because otherwise you're going to get probably pretty low. <laughs> your profit's going to be pretty low. Um Yes, and then you've got your market-driven pricing. So this is essentially just where you're you're seeing what's what services are out in the market at the moment. So say you're selling a console console table, what's a similar console table design out there from five or six different um, businesses, and what are they pricing it as? And that's what you're basing your pricing on. So um, this one's 
I find one of the easiest ones that people make mistakes on because they'll just say, right, this business is selling it at this. That's what I've got to sell it at or very close to. But are you taking into consideration all the stuff that we've just talked about, all the where you've got to determine your true costs and work out what a daily rate is for you? Are you doing that effectively when you're thinking about market-driven pricing? So the way that the cost plus pricing and even the value-based pricing allows you to do, it allows you to put those expenses that you have within your business easier and then you can um, effectively come up with a pricing strategy that way whereas market driven doesn't really allow for that it's just basically going on what the market's doing so think about those things anyway there's three different ways of actually viewing it i don't know if people view it in that way Um, they probably just come up with their own pricing strategies however they do but it's good to actually break those down yourself and and have a look at it so again cost plus pricing value-based pricing market-driven pricing if you're wanting to up your pricing game have a look at to the into those specific strategies because there's some good stuff there one thing i'd touch on with the market-based pricing is um i i find too many people doing that i i, I know of a lot of guys that were doing that prior <laughs> when they had shops and stuff like that um and a lot of a big mistake that a lot of those people do is they'll get five or six prices of a similar looking item and then they'll try and be the cheapest to try and beat all these guys Mm. that's where you're going to lose out because you're going, yeah. oh man, well, if they're selling it for this much, I'm going to undercut them and do it for this price. But all you're doing is undercutting your own value. So at the end of the day, you're losing out. You've got to, you've got to be um, knowledgeable about what your skill set is worth. Don't devalue your own products and your own skill set. Yeah, amen. Mm. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, so that and that's that's just the risk, isn't it, with that market-driven pricing. It's um mm. yeah, it can capture some people that way. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's enough of pricing. Uh the as I said, we'll touch a bit more on pricing in um on our Patreon if that's something that interests you. All right. But we'll move on to the next topic. So, Dino, what's what have you been watching/listening to in this past fortnight? Man, I have been <laughs> I've been getting into um it's a it's a thing that I've been into for a while now but I've been watching this um team of um what are they anyways it's in the states these this couple bought a huge plot of land and they're trying to be as self-sustainable as possible and what they do is they get a lot of um tourists and travelers that are coming through like backpackers and stuff and they'll stay with them for a few months and then they all look after the land together and build stuff and try and make it as self-sustainable as possible. So I've been watching their videos. I I can't remember the name of what they are now, but it's on YouTube. Um, But I love that self-sustainable stuff. So yeah, that's all I've been watching lately. So trying to get some inspiration for our property so we can bloody start start actually utilizing some land and stuff. So that'll be good. Are you uh? Are you gonna chuck in a veggie garden? That's the oh, best 100%. I've got. Yeah, man. <laughs> I got I got fruit trees and veggie gardens at at home where we live at the moment. Um, down the road from the factory. So, oh. I've, I've, yeah. So we grow our own fruit and veg already. Do you? But what have you yeah. What have you got there? Because I'm we're we're looking at actually building a a functioning veggie garden because we want to get the kids involved and and get them oh, nice. uh, get their hands dirty a little bit and just see that, you know, we can actually grow food at our house and use it and eat it. Um, oh, I love it, man. Yeah. And we've got an orange tree, but that's as far as we've got at my place. So, yeah, what, what have you <laughs> nice. got? Man, we've got heaps of, like, stone fruit trees. Um, I don't know. What else have I got? I've got pears. We've got apple trees. We've got pretty much every berry bush that you can think of. Um, we've got guava, mulberries. 
blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, um, Christ, what else is there? Ne- yeah, nectarines, peaches, pears. Oh my goodness. How much yeah. space have you got? <laughs> There's not a lot of space there, but I utilize the backyard well. <laughs> yeah. So wow. everything that I've got is kept in large pots for when we do eventually move out to um, uh, the acreage. So the plan is to slowly build and move everything out there and then do our thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So is this like, this isn't another weird, like one of your 12 different businesses that you that you run? It's not, you don't have like a Dino's fruit market or something that you're not telling me about? There is there is a there is an overall goal there for once we do eventually get to that stage, but of course there is. Whether or not I take it to that point or not, but yeah, it started out with one fruit tree and now it's turned into let's create an orchard and try and sell fruit to people. So <laughs> it probably will develop into that eventually, but but not anytime soon. That there's a lot of work in that. So oh, yeah, your mind's yeah. funny. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> I can't help myself if I if I get excited about something, I try and figure out how I can make money with it. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, man. That's funny. Uh, well, I um, I the partner told me about a bloke called Jay Shetty. I can't believe I didn't know about him. Um, yeah, I've been but he's one of Jay the... for years. Have you? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I literally only listened to the first episode um, the other day while I was sanding away. I loved it. He was really good. He was a British yeah. bloke, but uh, very captivating. Had, um, had oh, me yeah. thinking about things. It gave me a very refreshing perspective on, on certain things. But um, mm. I'm keen to listen to more of, of, of his podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a good good podcast to listen to. He had um, Tony, uh, Tony Robbins. Robinson, oh, yes, Robbins, yes. that guy, the big dude, yeah, yeah. The sexiest, had him sexiest on voice in the world, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> he, he he had him on, uh, I don't know, last year or the year before, throughout COVID at some stage. Um, mm. That was probably my favorite episode that that he's done because yeah, um, he's got um, like a good book that I've read as well. It's like this fucking thick. It's huge. Um, um, so yeah, when he came on, I was like, oh, that's exciting. Um, two people that I enjoy, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. He's actually, funny story with um, Tony Robbins, mm. he actually has more growth hormone than you need running through his body. Yeah. And that's why, that... like, well, I'm presuming that's just why he's an Adonis man. Yeah. But uh, that's why he sounds so marvelous. So. <laughs> well, he, he had a tumor in his brain that, that created that growth hormone. That's how it Oh, happened. you're kidding. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, oh, that's why he's so massive. There. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Zing. I know everything about Tony. <laughs> oh wow, that's yeah. fu- oh okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it was attached to his pituitary gland. I think that's how right. you say it. And then it caused that growth, um, that rapid growth, and how he's a monstrous human. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, I need to get one of those. <laughs> Yeah, man. Give me one of those tumors in the brain, please. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this podcast will be 10 times better if I sounded like him. (laughs) Man, I'd actually be able to move stuff around my workshop if I looked like him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That dude's massive. He'd be picking up slabs left, right, and center. Oh, that'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? The efficiency would go through the roof. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. Now, apart from from the Jay Shetty podcast, I haven't, um, I didn't note down anything else that I was listening to, but there has been plenty, so. Yeah, um, I haven't had time lately. I've just been bloody trying to smash out work. So, mm, yeah, yeah. Mm, very good, very good. <laughs> well, 
We better touch on some questions. So I think yes. I've got one listed down here. There was a few more, but um, we've got first question by Pens by Woodwork and Whiskers asked about claimable tax deductions. So that's Ooh. all he wrote with a question mark. So um, I suppose I, I looked at that question and said we could answer this in, in many ways because there's mm. lots of things we can claim as, as woodworkers running a business. But um, I broke it down into what I thought might be um, three, three ones that you know a lot of businesses don't fully utilise. I'm sure they're thinking about it, but they don't fully utilise all the time. So things, mm. so number one, your home office expenses. Um, I'm sure people do quotes from home sometimes maybe they do them on their phone or they've got an accounting system where it links to their phone or whatever so i mean if you're doing all that work back at home you're gonna to have to portion off some of your rent and mortgage uh, you're gonna to have to offset some of that to to work expenses um yep. and then even more than that whilst you're doing that quote maybe you have to flush a toilet or turn a light on so that means your utilities will have to um, be looked at and a portion of those expenses will have to come under the uh um, the business's expenses, um, and then just any other general home-related expenses. So that was well, the first uh, thing I thought about. Um, the, way, the way that we work that is, um, so the company pays for our house. So, oh. yeah, so we, we claim a huge portion of it. So we utilise, um, because I've got a fair few different companies in different things, we we are utilising most of the house for, for those things anyway. Um, so it works out well. So... All I do is just um, I charge out rent to the company and then that way the company's paying for that side of things and then we just deduct the tax from that. So there's, there's ways around doing it. You can do like a percentage at the end of every year or you can do an actual cash um, injection from the business into your personal so that then your business is actually paying for it. Um, but if you, if you can't afford to be taking that money out every week or every month, then I'd be doing the percentage that you do at the end of every year, which I think is around 30 or 40% is the max that you can do if you're yes. doing it that way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right from my memory yeah. of the recent tax return. Yeah. But other than that, I, I literally claim every dollar that I spend pretty much. <laughs> so you should. Yeah. Virtually anything that comes out is, is being claimed on whether it's, I don't know, from clothes to to weird shit that you wouldn't even think of. You, you, you'd be surprised at what you can claim. Mm. Mm. Just go back over those bank accounts every month, see what you've been spending your money on. How is that relevant to my business? Because I'm sure it all can be. That's um, it. Mm. Mm. Anyway, don't, you, don't take our tax advice. We're certainly not uh, accountants. <laughs> Disclaimer. Yeah, <that's> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I ask my accountant about everything always. So I, mm. like, I'll go to my accountant and I go, look, I went out for lunch four times this week for business meetings and we can claim all those lunches. Yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do around tax and claiming mm. it, <laughs> but talk to your accountant. As long as you've got a good one, they'll be able to help you out. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, depreciation on tools and equipment. I think that's a pretty, I think it's an obvious one, but I think people actually need to take a lot that of into consideration. Yeah, a lot of people overlook it. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's something that yeah, if you especially if you've got some decent machinery there, um mm. that's something that you can get some money back for. So mm. uh and then lastly what I listed was a prof professional development and subscriptions. So I think I touched on it earlier, but if you get consultations from if you're getting training or consultations from any, you know, woodworker or 
any anything really, any kind of consultant um, that's relevant somehow to your business, you can claim that back. So if you're trying to upskill yourself, yes, you might have to fork out a little bit, but you can recoup some of that money. Um, so it's something to think about, guys. If you want to improve what you're doing and your systems, that's a good way to do it because you'll be able to claim it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So any, any other um, tactics that you want to say about where he said claimable tax deductions, Dino? Anything else you want to add in? Um, there's probably a few more, but I don't want to get myself in trouble. So I'll just, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave it at that. Talk to your accountant. That's what I would say. You, oh, if you've got a good accountant, <laughs> if you've, if you've got a good accountant, there's a lot more things that you can be claiming, but, um, yeah, you've got to do it in a specific way so that it's still legitimate. We're not oh, doing it's got anything. to be all above board, but a yeah, lot of the times yeah. they are. People just yeah. don't, they're not aware of what they are. Um, yeah, that's so, it. But yeah, yeah, your accountants will be able to help you. Um, yeah, and yes. the, the accountant will be able to tell you ways of how you can make it look like to be able to claim certain things as well. So chat to your accountant. They'll be able to help you out definitely. Yeah, we've got a yeah. really, really good accountant now. So um, yeah, our last accountant is, is currently in jail now. He took... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he took he took millions of dollars from everybody. We lost about eighty grand with him. So, yeah. Oh, geez, that's yeah. terrible. So, well, that's all right. We're in the we're in the um, lawsuit, so we're just waiting for all of that to go through. But yeah, that was from an accountant that was in Penrith. So he took money from so many people. Yeah, yeah. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, mm. I'd say I'd say you probably would. Yeah, so starts with name names. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, that's the that's surname the starts with the C, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Oh, he's a anyway. horrible piece of shit of a human, but that's all right. Is what it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll move along. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. What other questions well, have we got? We still got plenty of time. We yeah. We do. We actually do have plenty of time. However, <laughs> um, our questions pool I haven't uploaded. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> oh, no, there was a few questions that I didn't even bloody think to save them on my end. But yeah. They are in our questions pool. Where are they? If I can, no, they're not going to be on here. Um, they're not. Oh. Uh, let me see. I think we had um, good eco designs. He had a couple of questions on the last episode, and I know that he. I think I mm. called him good co designs. So apologies. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. good eco designs. I think they yeah. corrected me. Um, <laughs> that's a great name too, by the way. I like that. I name. like it. Yeah, it's a good name. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very on trend right now. Um, mm. I think he was asking something about how you calculate your lead times um, mm. and organize your jobs calendar or something along those lines. But I was thinking that we could actually address that as more of a topic because that's a pretty that'd good... that would be a really good topic for yeah. people. Yeah. So I could dive I think... in and chat an hour about that stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. And then another another one that came from uh, one of my good mates, Dan, uh, Dan Made Furniture. Um, he's oh, yeah. done some good work on Instagram. Uh, he sent through one as well, something along the lines of, you should, you guys should do a whole topic on just advertising in general and the different avenues that you can go down through yeah. that path. So I know that he was asking about that. Um, but yeah, advertising and marketing, like, I mean, mm. that's such a huge um, topic to divulge into. Like, that's yeah. stuff that I, I heavily enjoy. Yeah. Um, but I could put that over many episodes. But, you know, mm. so we might, we might do something in that space soon as well as a topic. Maybe what we might do is um, for all the listeners, if you've got questions that you want us to ask Dainzy on the next pod, um, start sending through some DMs to us about mm. what questions you might have that you want to ask Dainzy. Um, there should be some good ones there because he's been doing 
um, well with his turning it from a hobby to a business side of things. So there could be a lot of questions there that people might have. Mm. Um, yeah, so there you go. Listeners, ask away. <laughs> yes, I do like that. I'm very interested to see if he's got any more challenges in his mind um, yeah, that, he's, that he's thinking about creating because those things seem to go off. They're awesome. One thing, one thing that I do want to shout out is um, Phil from um, gra- gra- Gradually Wizardly um, is doing... I probably just butchered that, sorry. Uh, no, I haven't. That's good. <laughs> I think you got uh, it. That was right. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a, a um, challenge at the moment. I'm just looking it up now to try and figure out where it went. But yeah... Jump onto his um, Instagram page. He's he's got a challenge. We sort of got involved in the little prize pool giveaway thing. So um, we're doing we're giving away some just a, a Starbond kit sort of thing um, in his little challenge prize pool for all of his entrants that people that enter into it. So that's something that oh, people go into. I think it's called like the five year challenge or something. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, everybody check it out. It's good. Phil from Gradually Wizardly. Love it, love it. Actually, speaking of um, you sponsoring that, uh, Living Timber Co. Trade, give us a bit mm. more about what you're actually selling in that space. Yeah, sweet. Thanks, man. I'm glad you brought it up. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's something that I'd, I'd love to touch on. We're trying to grow that as much as we can. And our new um, loyalty program that we have is is awesome. We've already got, well, I think Jared's in in the next tier, the second tier now. So yes, yeah. Woo. <laughs> you've been spending all your money with us. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, everyone can jump on, um, sign up um, and be part of our family tree. That's what we're calling it. So you start out as a seed, you turn into a um, sprout seedling and then um, you turn into, I think a sapling and then a tree. So you can sort of grow along there. And as you're doing, that you spend money, you're earning wood chips. Your wood chips can then turn into um, redeemable for things like discounts and free merch and free items and all sorts of stuff. So um, we sell a wide range of woodworking products. We're going to be slowly um, making that range bigger. So if anybody has products that they're buying regularly that we don't stock, let us know because I'm more than happy to start bringing on new lines at the moment, it's all stuff that I use in in the shop myself. So it's stuff that I know that I can sell because it's good product. But yeah, if there's other stuff out there that people are using that want us to start um, re- re- retailing, sorry, um, then yeah, let us know. I'd be keen to try and get some more product on the shelves and um, keep everybody happy. Um, at the moment, we've got um, all of our dimensional lumber and all of our um slabs they seem to be going well bloody can't keep up with these camphor boards that i've done oh really (laughs) oh man like we've got like this then all the narrow stocks that so it's 500 mil or narrower um and we've got like 600 mil 900 mil and 1200 mil boards um man like i stock them up that week they're gone and it's crazy i've i've almost ran out of camphor so i got to order some more in but um yeah so they're going they're going bloody crazy which is great i'm happy but i don't have time to keep bloody flattening all these boards (laughs) and restocking it so i'll come and do it (laughs) yeah that's it man i might might have to to be honest the rate that it's going i'm struggling Oh. I suppose I suppose it's getting closer to Christmas, isn't it? I, I wonder if people are thinking, all right, these will make good presents or um, what I think have that's you. what it Probably is. That, that type of sized boards. 
Yeah, well, like there was a bloke that came in yesterday that took eight, um, four six hundreds and four nine hundreds and a, and a bunch of resin and pigment just because he's making stuff for his family, which is mm. awesome. So, if anyone's out there that's listening and you want timber slabs or resin or pigments or whatever you need for your woodworking stuff we've got it um and our pricing is pretty bloody competitive by what Mm. i can see i think we're we're relatively cheap in comparison to what else is out there available so um and plus the loyalty program adds even more benefits for um people that are purchasing because yeah as you go up in tier i think you want once you get to the third tier you get an automatic five percent discount once you get into the fourth oh, tier you got an automatic 10% discount and once you're in the final tier you got an automatic 15% discount that's as high as we go but you got to spend a fair bit to get into that top top tier but even then it's worth it in the end because you're getting discounts continually all the time challenge yeah. accepted challenge yeah. accepted i want to be that's the it. first one to that top tier you, you got to you got to grow into a tree first <laughs> you got to grow into a tree yeah love it i, I love think, that i think um Coolabar Woodworking, I think he's up there. I think he might be above you now. Oh, um, what? Yeah. Oh. And then Steve <laughs> at NT Trees. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then old Steve at NT Trees, he's um, he's 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 good. He's bought a heap of stuff from us. When I when I backdated his points, I was like, holy shit! <laughs> like, I think I think he got like a few hundred dollars worth of free product, pretty much. So, oh wow, he, yeah. So he'll be stoked when his next order's in. So that's exciting. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's it's yeah. a good system. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was different. I don't know. I I like we sort of came up like I came up with it just out of the blue and I said to Francis like why don't we try and do this so then we got our web developers in to tackle it and then they tackled it and then yeah we've had um we've had some people copy us but good on them I, I think that means we must be doing something right if they're copying <laughs> with the loyalty program so um mm. which like I think it's a really good good idea everyone should be doing it to be honest it's bloody um it's great for your clients and it's great for you. Like at the end of the day, it's beneficial for people that are coming in to purchase and it's beneficial for you at the end because you're getting repeat repeat customers from that's it. That's right. So you're keeping them in. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's yeah. like credit cards. It's all these yeah, point systems it. with credit cards and uh, Dino's <laughs> basically becoming a credit card. Marvelous. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe now I'm going to open up a bank next. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. No, that's good. Man. It's good to see that, that stuff, that side of things is going well. Yeah, yeah. I think coming close to Christmas, it'll start to sort of um, jump up a little bit more. So, yeah, we'll see see how that goes. I've got to get some more stock on the shelves. We're bloody... Last week, we got smashed. I've got almost no 3M extract and um, and the slabs out there at the moment. The racks are so bare. Um, but I just, yeah, I've got to find the time or find the right person to come in to bloody flatten mm. everything for us. <laughs> Oh jeez. Well, yeah. well, we might uh, wrap this episode up there. We've got to. Um, we're about to do the post show for, for oh, the old nice. Patreon people soon, so um, look out for that one, guys. But again, don't forget to reach out with your questions. Um, hit us up on the Instagram page, uh, the Woodbiz Podcast, or just chuck a review on uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to these things from. It really helps us out. Um, but yeah, anyway, love yous and leave yous. Um, always a pleasure. Easy. Love you guys. Bye.